Hello, welcome to the Free Football Podcast, the podcast where three friends that are deep in professional footballers dashed away children when they all discover food, have their say on the Premier League. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. We are live, of course, on StreamYard. Coach Koji, give a print. No, take it back. Coach Kojo, how you doing? No, no, bring the name back, man. Let's bring the name nah, back. Man. No one, ever, no one ever remembers that episode. It must have been air. It's okay. Just... I do now. I do. So we can't, we can't <laughs> be ever present. We can't be ever present, I'm afraid. You have, to, you have to come up with a new nickname. Something Super that reflects Man. your... Mr. Superman. I ain't saying that. It's a, just a dry drink. A dead drink. How, how dare you, bro? How, how dare you? Anyway, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, my team won this weekend. Liverpool are currently losing this Monday. Um, so I'm feeling good. How you doing? All good, all good. Three points. Can't complain. Which is surprising, especially considering our recent form, but it is what it is. We have to get to the guests because we are quite uh, packed. So, Yannicka joins us again. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, thanks. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Daniel joins us. How are you doing, sir? Doing great, bro. How are you doing? Not too shabby, not too shabby. Sh- shabby? Shabby. There we go. And Prime joins us. There we go. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you for having me on, guys. Um, I wish it could be better circumstances with my team, but here we go. <laughs> so, uh, is, is, so it's it's Arsenal, United, City, and two Chelsea. Am I right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. It's wonderful because uh, <laughs> Arsenal, obviously, climbing up the table, top four, maybe 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 championship title. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, mathematically, mathematically, the title is still on. Of course, of course, that's what I'm saying. For everybody, still on, even for yeah. Manchester United, which is hilarious. But it is what it is. We start. We'll start on what day was it? Friday, wasn't it? You when when your lot won against Villa. Luckily, you're you're muted, coach. Sorry, ask me. My mom was talking to me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I have to answer, mom. You know what I'm saying. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, United 2, Aston Villa 1. Uh, goals from Martial, Bertrand Traore and Bruno Fernandes, of course, scoring yes, the penalty. Yes. Which one? Was it deserved? It, it was deserved, but before we do that, Prem, apparently you've got another podcast coming and you've got to get packed in, so there's um, there's, <laughs> there's people after your next shout-out beats for that. Man said you go at 10.30, so I'm going to be tuning into that still. <laughs> But he said Daniel confirm it, so it is what it is. All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, <laughs> but um, no, we I think we deserved it in, in terms of how the game went overall. Penalty decision was not a penalty, I'll be honest. But you know, I mean, when it happened, I screamed penalty all day long because it's agendas first, facts later. Um, but I think we, I think we played well overall. We actually played well. They had their moment um, in the games where you know where they got their goal, and they. Um, they gave us one or two other moments, but apart from that, we had the game sort of under control. I think we were decent. I think we had the game pretty much in our hands for most of it. I think the decision to play um, Pogba and Bruno continuously is now working wonders. So I'm I'm quite satisfied. Matic actually played well as well. He's someone I didn't want to see ever again, but he's he's playing well. Maguire's played well for the last couple of weeks, so I can't even talk crowd on his name. Bailly is my warrior defender, so he's doing well for the five games he's available for before he's out for the next 10. So, you know, I'm I'm, I'm quite satisfied. It was a good win, good W, and um, hopefully more to come. Obviously, certain people are losing right now, so uh, 
it's, but that's, 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 that's the question. I mean, for, it's open for everyone. Can anybody actually see Ole Gunnar Solskjaer lifting <laughs> the Premier League? Is that a possibility? No, not this season. Why not? When it comes to that late title running in, uh, in March, April, May, sometimes that experience can get you over the line. Mm. And Liverpool have that experience factor. Even City have that experience factor. United don't have that yet. However, if they win the Carabao Cup, that could be that galvanizing uh, winning mentality to get them over that line. So I, for me, it all depends on that Carabao Cup. On the Carabao Cup. Um, obviously, it all seems to be going right now. I mean, there was a time, coach, when you said that Oli had to win a certain, I think it was like five games, that everything had to be WWW. <laughs> otherwise, it was time for him to get sacked. Are you still standing by that or now you, listen, you're leaning listen, up? Listen, I, I stood by, I stand by everything I said that day. I said I wanted five Ws. We got slopped 6 1 at Yard, you know, like, like, our goat got slapped six one at yard, but he had accolades to back him, so he had no problem. It happens once in a while, but he got slumped six with nothing to show for it. So I was I was fuming. Um and I stood by that. But the thing is, as good as he's doing well in domestically, I'm still kind of pissed off about the Champions League knockout. Um Europa League to come, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's absolutely fine. We just go and play with Arsenal and them, man. Uh, <laughs> See, that but, seems like a lovely throwback to be honest with you yeah I'm, I'm not trying to throw the days back anymore man I'm tired of doing that <laughs> you know what I'm um, but yeah no domestically he's doing well domestically we're in a cup semi-final FA Cup hasn't started yet we're starting this weekend so that's due to come and second, he's second in the league and if Liverpool drop points we've got a game in hand against Burnley we could go we could potentially go to Anfield top you know and then it's in our hands to try and like keep that gap um, the same rather than then beat us and then close and then take over again. So I can't be too mad. I can't be too mad. And if he wins the title, then my guy, you can stay in it. But if you don't win the title, my guy, no way. Daniel, you're on mute, bro. You're on mute, bro. You're on mute. Uh, so I was basically saying, I think it's a bit hypocritical, man. I've been saying United fans are not grateful about what they're currently going through. Obviously, I understand that you want to be in all the competitions, but I mean, no one is really in great form. So really what you're expecting is that perfection that no one really has right now, if that makes sense. Liverpool aren't playing the greatest. Man City obviously are kicking back into gear, but they haven't been the greatest or not been to their high usual standards. So what United fans and United want, I think they're kind of reaching. At the at, like, Do you get where I'm coming from? And I've been saying it for the last couple of weeks. I mean, you saying you want Oli out, you're almost saying you want, what you don't know. You want the unknown because who's there to come in who guarantees you success instantly? Well, well that's the thing. I, I've I've always gone into the season with zero expectation because I actually didn't know what to expect from United. That was that was my thing. And um, I went Oli out simply based on not only last season or what's happened this season, but it's happened a number of times. Basically, we lack a consistency. We got a consistency towards the end of last season when we came back from lockdown. Of course, I was praising for that because... We won what we weren't beaten the last 14 games. We won like five, six on a row. We beat Leicester, who were literally the challengers for the top four. So he did his thing. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna go past that and sort of ignore all that. But consistency was the main thing for me. But now he found it again. But I need it to continue. I can forgive, you know, 
losing one, two, and then winning whatever. That happens in football, isn't it? But when it's you go on a run and then it's back to losing four out of six, two draws, poor selection choices, all that stuff, that's when I get triggered. So that's where I was. But I, I, can, I can forgive him. Winning the title is not even an expectation. That's just like a, that's crazy. If he wants to win the title, that's, that's insane. So yeah. even being where he is right now, I have to respect it. But it's just that that CL run still annoys me. But run still annoys me. But at the end of the day, he's doing well domestically. I cannot. But you don't expect him to. You, you don't expect him to win the title because he's not good enough. But yeah, if he doesn't win it this season, he has to get sacked. It doesn't make sense to me. No, 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 no. Wait, if he wins, it, I didn't say if he wins it this season, he has to get sacked. What I said is, what I said is, if he doesn't win it, the thing is for me. I've always been Oli out. I'm not going to change my tone. Like I'm not going to change my, the the thing of I've always been Oli out from. But it's that inability to kind of change based because you're you're Oli out because of what you've seen and you believe the ceiling is capped. You don't think he can win you the title. I'm I'm assuming that yeah. But what I'm saying is, or is that the reason? Or if I'm if I'm like I don't I, paraphrase. Why, right, what's sure, the reason? It's not it's not about the title because I don't I still don't think even so now it's I'm, not about the title. I think it's a bit hypocritical unless you give me a right. reason now that you convince me. This, this is what I'm saying. So the yeah, reason I was criticizing him from day one was because of the lack of consistency. He's finding it. So I can change my tone if because I don't want to go through like what was it eleven run eleven game winning one when he came, mm. and then just inconsistency after inconsistency after inconsistency. And then a 14-game winning run. Oh, no, 14 games unbeaten towards the end of last season and then starting inconsistently again. I, that inconsistency kind of triggers me. That's what it is. I'm not saying United should be title challengers. I'm not saying United should be um, next to Liverpool and they should be, you know, dominating the Premier League and that. I know where United are as a club. You know what I mean? I've, I've been costing them out for years, so it's not an early thing. But my opinion on him can change if he continues... To do the right thing, so the selection choices are much better now. The um, the way he approaches games make a lot more sense. The substitution times are better now, and he's getting a bit more consistency out of this team. And his formations are making sense. Then I can be like, all right, I can shut my mouth. You're obviously doing your thing, and you can see the progress. And if he continues to do it right now, I ain't even mad. If we finish top four again, I can't be mad at that because really and truly, that would be my minimum expectation for this season. And if that, and what I'm saying is, is, if that happens, and what I always try to break down with United fans and just mm. football fans in general is the intangible you can't overestimate in football is players feeling good and playing for their manager, in it. And mm. you just have to admit, the players love Oli. I don't know what he does on the training ground. Don't know what he says to them, how he acts. They love him and play for him every single time. His back is against the wall. They play for him, and it's not even like. Everyone says that he scrapes results even when his back is against the wall. I see you guys dominate games even when your back is against the wall. So that's an intangible that I think you can't overestimate. You get what I'm saying? That's why when I hear United fans, I, I would even still say over 50% of the fan base are still saying Oli out. And your second and your joint top in the league. Like I, I don't really know what United fans want because this isn't this isn't Sir Alex we're talking about. We're talking about a totally new manager. You've had the Jose, you've had the Van Haars. I don't know what you want. Do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a bit mm. like it's a bit like uh, someone who was so spoiled, and Chelsea fans are going through it right now, so spoiled. And then obviously now we're trying to temper expectations because maybe someone's lost their job a bit and that the money's not really there right now, but we're still providing for you and there's still stuff there, but you're saying, I want the big guns, I want the big toys. Like It's a bit of a, like, you guys need to temper your expectations on 
Like, are you trying to be unbeaten? Like, that's what I think United fans want to be. They want to be unbeaten for the whole... They want to be basically invincible, and that's not possible. What, what you said... What, I don't think that's what it is, though. If it's... Yeah. It's it's saying... Like, if you look at Manchester United, yes, they play some good football for here from time to time. That's that's pretty down to the fact that they got quality in Bruno Fernandes, got quality in Pogba, they got quality in Rashford, they got quality in Martial, they got, they got quality all over that pitch. It's down to that those individuals. When it look when you look at Manchester United, would you say that this team, with the current, with they are inconsistent. Don't let's not get that twisted. They are very inconsistent on the pitch. This team, in any normal season, apart from uh, this season under these circumstances, would be in a position that they are currently. I think. Look, let, let, I, I don't know, but what I would what I will say is this current Man United team in another season is good enough to challenge. I think maybe if you're saying. Um, you want Alex Ferguson as your manager. Like Alex Ferguson can win the league with this squad. Let's not get it twisted. Yeah. Like with the, with this squad now, the Rashford, Bruno, the Martials, you got an abundance of talent. So let's put that to one side. However, what I'm saying now is let's factor in the contextual situations. You get what I'm saying? And the contextual situation right now is that no team is perfect right now, and it's all to play for. And Oli is in a situation where, in my opinion, the league is going to be won by the team who puts up the longest the longest winning run. Like, literally, because I don't think there's been a situation where someone's won three games on the bounce yet this season. And that is a prop that just shows how like volatile the league is. Awesome. I, I, I saw a stat that said that, or four games in a row. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I saw a stat, but like, think about it. Years gone by, you'd have the top three teams maybe go on maybe five, six game yeah. winning streaks. And then it maybe it comes down to the, to the big games when we face each other. Like, that doesn't happen anymore. You could literally beat Man United one week and then lose to Fulham the next week. You get what I'm saying? So that's what I'm saying. It's just the expectations, isn't it? But hey, I guess when you're a supporter of a certain club and you've had a certain stature, it's understandable, man. It's understandable. What you said was right, man. We're sport. And that's truth. That's truth. That's why I spent time on this podcast called Man United Expensive Everton. Because we had all the money, but we weren't performing like geez, you know what I'm So that's what it felt like. But no, you're right. Man United fans were sport, man. We had the greatest manager in our history win us plenty titles and other trophies. So when that went down, United fans were rattled by it. And rightly so, they should be rattled by it because you always have your time in the sun, isn't it? Football works in cycles. You know what I mean? There's always going to be a time where a team takes over and does a thing like Liverpool did in the 80s. And then we had our time. Might not be our time right now, but right now the way the league's moving, I mean, Leicester's won the title as well. Chelsea here and there. So maybe it could be us again. You never know. Maybe yeah. Tottenham. I doubt it. Uh, 3-0 wow. winners. Wow. Uh, Leeds United <laughs> on the weekend. Um, Harry Kane with a penalty. Hyunmin Song and Toby Alderweireld also got on the score sheet. Let's, I mean, we talk about Tottenham here all, all the time, especially over the past few weeks. Let's talk about Leeds and why why they're so inconsistent. What is it down? Is it down to Bielsa just being, I don't know, too overzealous with his tactics? He, he's trying to, he wants to play a certain style of football, but it just doesn't work. Or is it simply the fact that they're, they're newcomers in the league? Let's go to Yannicka for this one. Um, sorry, I was muted. Yeah, I think with them, because he refuses to change his tactics, Although it's kind of admirable in some ways, I just think maybe against some of the bigger teams, they might need to change it a little bit. Because obviously it works against, you know, some teams, like they can go out there and win 3-0 one week. But then when they come up against the big teams, it's almost like they struggle because 
you know, the big teams know how to deal with that sort of pressure that they'll put on. Um, defensively, they tend to be a bit better, especially teams like Spurs who set up defensively in general. Um, so I think they kind of need to have maybe a different plan for when they play the bigger teams. Because um, if not, I think they're going to struggle in them games. It's all right when you play in teams where it's a bit easier to attack them and then they might get two goals. And then I think once you two nil up, they can win games. Um, but I think when they're playing against you, like the Spurs, Spurs will just counter you anyway. So they don't mind if you kind of attack them. And some teams, like, they prefer it when you kind of attack so then they can just counter you, you know. So I think that's why they struggle so much against Man United because Man United love that sort of football. Like, they do really well when teams run at them. So I think I think tactically he'll learn from it. Obviously, he's new to the league. He did well in the championship. So we'll just have to see what happens. But, yeah, I think you might need to think a little bit. definitely agree man I mean I I watched and the funny thing is I watched um, Jordan basically talk about this on TalkSport and I literally shared the same thoughts I literally said it to a T look there's this hysteria or like there's this love for Bielsa's football that cannot get criticised like bro these men play this rock and roll style football which yes fair enough looks easy on the eye and whatnot but they cannot defend to save their lives like they they, they they've got this there's this idea because they're versatile in defense and the, the way they switch up play like look they could easily do what sheffield united are doing next year get found out you know sheffield united came into the league with their overlapping center backs people were saying that this is a new obviously Leeds score a lot more than Sheffield United, I believe Leeds will, but it's, it's the same thing. I mean, Bielsa being nominated for manager of the year, coach of the year, it's all like, come on, man, we've seen teams come up, we've seen teams come up and play good football. It's just because it's Bielsa, our name is attached to the to the club, and then I think it's a bit of Leeds as well, the, the history behind it and whatnot. So I just think, look, Leeds, Leeds will win games and they will lose games. Like They'll win games by a lot and they'll lose games by a lot, but they, they just seem to have, you know, the media has their agendas and the people that they like and the people that they want to put into the limelight and Leeds just fall under that category. But for, as for me, I'm not blind in it. Leeds, if I was a Leeds fan, I'd be like, it'd be exciting. But the prospect of not knowing whether you could get smacked 5-0 or lose 5-0 is a worrying thing for me. So, I, mean, I don't uh, think so. Like, okay. I've been watching Leeds for the past year or two and what Bielsa is doing in the league people are saying he gets smacked up fine but who have they played uh, Chelsea United Spurs have they played Arsenal yet in City yeah we have yeah. we beat them I think cool. no he drew man trying to claim W's and best teams in the league you expect the top six to beat just about anyone else in the league so I don't think that's necessarily a problem uh, I think with the players that they have, it works to the system that Bielsa wants to play. They can smack up just about the lower sides or up to at least mid-table in the league. So if they finish around 10th, uh, 11th, 12th, that's where they probably should be. Now it becomes about the next season and the third season where they start developing. Either they continue along this side of play, but they get better players to be able to go up to Man United, go up to Chelsea, City, and beat them. 
But then that's the question, Prime. Do you think that's one of the things I had a conversation with my boys? Like, do you think if Bielsa had better players, they'd buy into the system? Because this system requires players who are willing to literally work their socks off and die for the system. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Either that or Bielsa would adapt. <laughs> People are forgetting this guy's a highly intelligent manager. Yeah. All these peps and whoever you guys all love, they all come from Bielsa. So I, I don't think they're going to be like Sheffield United. Bielsa's too smart for that. Uh, maybe the only worry is if their squad gets raided during the summer. Colin Phillips, uh, Bamford, yeah, Kalosh. If some of their players get raided, maybe that might have a bit of an effect. But again, if, yeah, I, I, I trust Bielsa and they should be fine. Unless it's like a Wolves situation, which I agree, but I don't think will happen because Wolves, obviously, they they hit the heights first season, second season. It's only now that Doherty's gone that uh, Jimenez is out for the whole rest of the season and, and Jota went to Liverpool that they really start to struggle. Um, Leeds, I think that they're, they're, they're in no particular danger of going down. I mean, 23 points right now, the closest is 11 with Fulham. So playing, they're, they're playing football, but I think maybe because it's Leeds and the name, everybody expects them to be in a higher position, but they're, 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 they were floundering in the lower leagues for a good, I don't know, how many years? Like 16 16 years, so maybe their name is what people are hanging on to. I think that they're playing decent football, they're winning games, yes, mm-hmm. and it looks like if they steadily and gradually keep going up the, the table, I think they'll be fine. I, I think Bills is doing a, a fine job, and I don't, I don't like we see with West Brom, everybody expected, well, not, a lot of people didn't expect, but some of the media, once, once Big Sam went to West Brom, they all thought that they would be defensively tidy, XYZ, play a certain style of football and uh, be safe. They got smacked, what, 5-0 previously and then 4-0. So that's nine, 10 goals in three games. So it doesn't always work like that. I think Bios is going to do, going to be fine, to be honest with you. Um, You want to talk about Eze and his goal? Crystal Palace 2, Sheffield United 0? I do, you know, because the way the guy glided, was it was so nice to watch. First of all, we'll shout out Palace for another good victory. Um, they looked quite comfortable in that game, so shout them out. Um, Jeffrey Schlup, I was criticizing him last week, but he's my Ghanaian brother, so shout my Ghanaian brother this week. Um, but no, Eze's goal the thing about Eze is obviously when players come from the championship, even if they show a good level of talent, I like to take my time. I don't want to be like, you know, this guy's the future. I know he's got great potential, but I don't want to like scream anything because you're going up a level. And he showed his thing in the championship, but when you come to the Premier League, you've signed for me, he signed for a right club. It's closer to home, it's local, he has people around him that, that know him and all that, so he can sell easily. And then more importantly, um, I think he's at a club where they like players like Zaha to thrive. So if they have someone they feel like they have that two of them, they'll give them the, re- the license to roam and do their thing. The way he scored that goal was the, the confidence he showed, the way he beat players. And I think the best, I think it was Alan Shearer that said it, the best way it was like, listen, you'll think about maybe going to foul him or whatever. Listen, you just couldn't, you couldn't get near him. It's like he was he was in full flow and it looked like he was going at top speed, but he wasn't. He was just sort of just moving, moving the ball. And it's more shoulder body movement rather than feet footwork. He wasn't doing any crazy dribble. It was direct. He beat one player, beat the other one, but the pass into the bottom corner, it was just beautiful. And I like I like watching young talent really express themselves on the pitch. Um, spoke to Dot from Beautiful Game because them and are pretty close to him. 
and he texted him and said that goal was beautiful. And apparently he said that you're I was gassed. But the way he celebrated was so calm, but like he didn't know what to do. He like he must just look at the camera and just sort of like point at myself or something. But you know, he also said that he wants people to watch him and have the reaction when they go raw. Like that, you know, they really want he wants people to enjoy his football, bring back the entertainment side. And um he was entertaining, he's an entertaining player to watch, he was entertaining in that game, and that goal was one of the best goals so far this season. So I just wanted to shout him out because I love watching young talent um, thrive in the Premier League. And he's one of them that if you give him the platform in about two or three years, he's going to be playing probably for a team, let's say top six, top seven, you know, maybe trying to get into a European spot. If Palace were a club that weren't so comfortable just being a Premier League side, you know, 12th, 13th, 11th each season, I would be like, build the team around him. But he's going to be one of the ones where they have to cash in. I just hope he doesn't fall into the Zaha trap of staying there and signing big contracts. That's that's the problem. I think they they know what they're doing when it comes down to locking down talent at, at Palace. So I think it might be a case of him just enjoying what he's doing there, unless they go down maybe, which I don't see happening unless, I don't know, they get a... Who's that manager? The, the Dutch manager that went there. Oh, um, uh, De Boer. Yeah, De Boer. Frank De Boer, yeah. Like that, that type of situation, but I feel like they're going, they're going to go English again, which might mean Eddie Howe once Roy Hodgson leaves. They should, they should, they should not. You never know, you never know. It's about Sheffield, though. Um, every time Chris Wilder gets on the screen, he seems to be so calm. But what must be going through his head because it doesn't look like it's getting any better. Bro, um, just, just, just get him out of the league, just get him out of the league. I don't want to see them anymore. Get him out. That simple. Get them out. Two points in January. Two points. Get them out. They haven't won a game this year. Not not in the league. Not in the Carabao Cup. They ain't won a game. Get them out. It's done. Just get them out. It's done. <laughs> but what can what, what can they do? Let's Nothing. Get... Nothing. A cheeky cheeky run of form and they finish in the top four, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's saying that as a Chelsea fan. Like tonight, that's not that's 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 their path as well. So let's 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 let's, let's calm that down for a second. Um, <laughs> Let's move. Let's move then, because obviously, I, I, it might what be a derby. Up? Worse than derby. If they, it is worse than derby. Yeah, because derby no, has eleven points. Will they finish worse off worse than derby? That's oh, less than eleven points. Yeah, I think so. You know, deep it, yeah. They they can't even hold on for their point or their like. You know that there's games like it's not like they've been getting smacked. They they like. They lose games that are close two ones, one nils, last minute goals. Like they can't even hold on. Like it's it's scary. Like it's actually scary stuff. And you know when this this kind of stuff is happening psychologically, yeah, you're like, like whatever we do, we can't even hold on. I don't know if you mm-hmm. man have played the new FIFA 21, and I've been speaking to a lot of guys who actually work at EA and were part of the game. And basically, there's this myth here that there's an algorithm that mm-hmm. basically when you get to the 85th minute, they want you to concede. So whoever's losing. They're gonna like give you some next burst of energy to make sure you don't win the game. And I don't know if you've seen the algorithm where if you score between the 85th to like the 90th minute, the players drop on the floor. Um, if you can see the last minute goal, you get wow. what I'm saying? So that so that's a new algorithm. So the players that you drop on the floor and like are holding their heads. It's literally the Sheffield United thing. There's literally this algorithm within them where they just cannot hold on. <laughs> literally cannot hold on. And that's what it's come down to, man. It's sad. It's sad because they I liked them last year, man played good football but like re and Bruce like it just hasn't worked everything they've done have hasn't worked this season so boy man it's tough tough being them uh let's go to Brighton Hove Albion 3 Wolverhampton Wanderers 3 
seemed all in the bag. I mean, Brighton is not exactly have they play nice football, but they're not, not exactly in the best of form. Potential relegation candidates. They come up against Wolves. They Wolves, well, they're free free one up by half time. Uh, obviously, one of their most experienced and probably one of the most experienced players in the Premier League right now, Jalmatinho, just pure stupidity gives gives away a penalty. Mope ends up tucking that uh, away and Lewis Dunk with a header uh, on the seventieth minute uh, gets three free. Why was that game so close? Considering that, well, I, I guess Wolves aren't in the best of form. Brian in the best of form, but every, my money was on Wolves holding out. Why? Why? Why couldn't they? Uh, Prime Yannicka, anyone want to go? I didn't watch the game, but I saw like Brighton. I think they got back into it right in the last minutes. I think. Oh, yeah, 70th but minute. They, they got that going. Really, I didn't really know what's going on with Wolves because that game against United, I did watch that one, and I think they just looked like they were never going to score. So it was one of them mm. games where you just knew Man United would win, and obviously it was quite late in the end, but I just think they didn't look threatening. Um, Obviously, they have some quality players. We know that. You know, Neto looks good. Um, they have some good players, but I just think they just looked like they weren't going to score. I didn't watch the Brighton game. Obviously, they did get three goals in that game. But I just think... It's just, I don't know what's wrong with Wolves. They seem... Everyone's kind of inconsistent this season, but they seem... When I watch them, it's like one minute they win and it's really convincing. And the next week, they're terrible. So... I think they're even more inconsistent than a lot of the other teams. So I don't know what's going on with them. Maybe it's just a bit of a blip. But yeah, I don't know. I think to be three one up and then draw is is poor. Mm. Um, the only thing that they can have in their defence is that Brighton have been quite good and they were at home. But I think apart from that, they should have been winning that game. Mm. So. <laughs> I don't know um, if I didn't watch it, but that's just my... Fair enough, fair enough. Is it their form down to the fact that, I think I said this earlier, uh, they just haven't replaced some key players? It's us, Doherty was, I think, easily their best defender when he was there. Uh, Jimenez is out for the... I don't know if he's, if he's ever going to come back to play football again because of his uh, his injury. Um, and then they lost Jota as well. So is it... Because it, it, they, yes, they got um, Fabio Silva... For 40 minutes from Porto, but he doesn't look, I don't think he looks ready at all. I mean, what is he, 18? Yeah, no. So there's yeah, that. He's good, he's not good enough, Fabio Silva. Also, not the defense, enough. I don't think he's not yet, he's still a kid, he's still growing. Also, Wolves are trying to transition this season, and at times, I see them not playing a back five. They, the center back that they have, don't look comfortable. They're playing Connor Cody in a back two. But his lack of pace is a serious problem. Fair enough. Uh, coach, anything else to add? Wolves are a team with pretty players, but not great football, in my opinion. They don't they don't excite me. Like you can look at their squads. I look, I can look at pieces. Prudence looks like a good young player, as does Neto. Neto looks very, very good. Ruben Nevers, people have been gassed about him since. Been around for years. 
I think, hold on. Is Coach going? Yeah, Coach, he's, he's, he's messed up. So, um, that's a, that's a horrible place to freeze. <laughs> I, I, oh, man. Um, hopefully, I don't know if you can hear us. Let's hope, hope his internet gets back. Um, <laughs> let's go on to the Arsenal game. Uh, sorry, coach. Uh, Arsenal 4 0 winners. Uh, Kieran Tierney with uh, probably one of the best goals of this uh, match match day. Bakayo Saka, Alex Lacazette got on score sheet twice. Um, were Arsenal fans wrong to, I don't know, be all up in arms with Mikel Arteta? Do you mean before the game or after? <laughs> uh, were they wrong to know? Because you were on uh, relegation form and they didn't really see a way out of it. Um, but yeah, look, okay, this is the thing with young managers, like very young managers, uh, Art, Tata and Frank. They're going to go through, they're going to have high points and they're going to go have very low points because that's what would happen with young players and it's going to happen with young managers. It also doesn't help the fact that with Arsenal, it seemed like, I don't know, maybe they just stopped playing for him because you're just losing games that you, even in the bad run of form, you just shouldn't be losing. There's mm. no fight with it, but you go and you beat Chelsea and that seems to have instilled some sort of confidence now going forward. Uh, and also, he's using the likes of Martinelli, Smith, Rowe. Uh, Saka's always been playing. Lacazette looks like he's on form, which is great for you guys because with no Aubameyang, you need someone up there who's going to get your goals. So, yeah, let's see how this continues to, towards the end of the season. I, yeah, I still think you'll finish seventh or eighth. But if you go through another dip in form again, it, that's just due to the fact that he's a young manager and the, you need... It's clear that Arsenal need a massive uh, overhaul because there are players in there that that are either not good enough or they just they just don't want to be there anymore. Mm. Um, is it down to I don't know? Everybody, you, we, we this was the point earlier. Everybody's really inconsistent, and I think Arsenal what, with six points off the top four, which for a team that was going through or is or is going through their worst start since like the eighties, that seems ludicrous. That that side is now six points away from being in the top four. Daniel? The, the, the funny thing is, if I had a look at all the teams and compared the start to the league with their worst starts, I don't think every team would be far off their worst starts or some of their worst starts. That's how volatile the league has been. That's how close it's all been. Like, to, to think that if we had beaten Man... If we had even won one game out of our terrible run, yeah... We could be in the top four. That's how mm. volatile the league is. And that's how, like, even when, obviously, we're going to get onto Chelsea and Man City, but it's like, it's a thing where, like, now, yeah, you, you could be, you could lose two games and literally drop from eighth to 14th and then mm. win three games and go from 14th to, like, sixth. That's how the league literally can spin on its head. And that's why people are then asking the questions, were we too quick to judge Arteta? Um, were we too quick to judge Lampard? I just think... 
at some point you need to put a stamp on it do you know what i'm saying and you need to kind of make a decision as a club on how you think things are going i think and I'm, i might be going back on myself just a tad bit t- just a tad but i think using the excuse that everyone is not perfect is not good enough a reason for you to keep your job in my opinion mm-hmm. and it's just it's just facts in it do you know what i'm saying and that is the problem with this this year like some managers have built up the credit to be allowed this like to be allowed a a, a a slow start liverpool could make the argument they've been slow but they're top of the league i mean last year this time last year liverpool had 45 points 43 points this year they have 33 points like you can just see the decrease i don't even know if it's a decrease in standard or a closing competitiveness like in terms of the rest of the league like i just don't know where it is might have to look at the stats and all of that for that but i think in terms of arsenal if we're talking specifically arsenal i think it's a bit of, it's yes and no it's, it just depends on how you see football. On one side, you could say Arteta hasn't had the resources yet to really implement his his style. Players have let him down. I mean, he brought in Willian to come and do a job. He hasn't really done much. Aubameyang has regressed, hasn't been the same guy. Um, so he's had to rely on guys like Saka. I think it's so unfair that a 19-year-old has taken on the mantle as the, as the best player. I'd, I'd say, if not best player, but the most impactful player on your team right now. You got Martinelli who came in for what two, three games and looked better than what every winger had done so far. Pepe, 72 mil, William, like I mentioned. But then on the flip side, you could say, look, we're Arsenal Football Club. We should be doing better. I think his tactics should be better. We haven't looked good going forward defensively. What he came in and slightly improved, we've regressed in that. So I just, it literally depends on how you see football and where you're willing to give time, whether the patience is there, and can you see the vision going forward? Like, if I was to ask you, do you think Arteta can take you forward? What would you say to me? Or if you, if if Arsenal by some miracle one day gave Arteta two hundred million pounds, would you <laughs> trust him to spend that money wisely? What would you I would say? say I would say no. Um, oh, you really? Yeah, no. I, um, it was, it was all, uh, it was all fun and games at the very beginning when we won the FA Cup, won the Charity Shield, but. I would say looking at who he's willing to keep, who he's bought with the limited funds. Obviously, Gabriel was was that was that was great. I, we have to wait and see whether or not he comes back into the the team now because that's that's one of the things that I just don't agree with his, his decision making. Mm. Because Mari and Holding are now well, they've got, they've got three games on the bounce. Will he keep that instead of bringing back Gabriel? And I think he will instead of taking out Rob Holding, who's now getting a new extension on his contract. And he's one of the players that we, everybody, everyone on his podcast right now knows is easily in the category of Deadwood, who we need to get rid of. So he's keeping him. Xhaka's probably going to stay. Deadwood. Mustafi's probably going to stay. Deadwood. He's getting oh. rid of Salib. Saliba's on loan right now, going on loan to... Yeah, um, to Nice. Yeah, I saw it today. And he was, he was, he was easily the, the one of the best or the, most, the highest rated... He prospect. was considered better than Fofana. He's playing more. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So it's one of the... It's, I just don't trust his him in I don't trust him and Edu in the in the transfer market. So I feel like they both need to go. They can win me over um, Arteta can win me over with results on the pitch. So this is the first game um of his that I've seen that I've enjoyed us play. It looked like we had a, a, a style of play. There was there were doing one touches, it was all nice, it was triangles, it was it was free flow and it was flexible. Uh, players had the freedom to do what they wanted, and Saka, Emil Smith Rowe, and uh, yeah, they really showed what they could do. Will it continue? I don't know, and that's the problem. I mean, it, it's all fine and dandy now that we're winning, but when we start losing, are we gonna are we gonna bring back Willian? 
because Saka isn't performing, which I think he will do. So I, I just, I just don't. My trust for him has gone at this moment in time. Can he yeah. win it back? Absolutely. He's got his. Yes, he can. But I just, I didn't want him really to begin with. I wanted a Nuno or a no. Yeah, I say I wanted a Nuno. Then Hassan, who's gone on his amazing on the form, I feel like he could do a job as well. Oh, Nuno, as in Wolves. Santa Santa Wolves, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you'd you'd happily go to like a three at the back, yeah? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, like win, get like look comfortable and have a plan. Mm. That's that's what I want. I, I want to see a plan. I want to see where we are going to go forward. I just don't see that under Arteta. Yes, we're playing nice football, but we also played nice football under Emery as well. Mm. So I just don't know. I just don't know right now. Um, let's talk about Saka. Because there was always this talk about the uh, the free the free boy the free star boys, uh, who was it? it was Greenwood, it was, it was Foden and Saka. Is he now showing the rest of the world or I don't know, football fans on Twitter that he can be considered uh, amongst the, those three? Um, I feel like football fans don't want to give players credit when they're obviously doing the job. So you know, I mean, in relation this season to last season, Greenwood's not getting that much game time, and I think that's fine. He's a kid. Um, Saka, I think ways with when the people look at Arsenal, because Arsenal have a history, the fan base have a history of gassing up some players and those players turn out to be maybe not so good or maybe average. They think... Injuries went on Wilshire. Don't, 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 don't. Change. No, no, it's not about Wilshire. But, you know, I mean, there's players that Arsenal had that were talented like Carlos Vela. Carlos Vela, not to say that he became a bad player. That's not what I'm saying, but... He didn't last at Arsenal. You know what I mean? Like he went on and then he's gone on to the MLS and he's doing anything there. But no one, there's a lot of guys you can look at and say they didn't become superstars. Fran Marida is a random one, for example. When he came on, he was showing promise. Remember, do you remember Fran, Fran Marida? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't remember Fran Marida? Nah, bro. Fran, Fran Marida. <laughs> left, left footer. Baller. Left footer. Clean technique. He was getting on that. So I, that I, 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 I clearly didn't guess him. Uh, yeah, but okay, fair enough. <laughs> so, no, but that's what I'm saying. So, when it comes to the thing, and obviously, Arsenal, you know how it is with football to our, you know, Arsenal fans, this is what they do all the time. Same as form, they get into a bit of run or we're back with that. So, I think there's a hesitation with Saka, but Saka's clearly quality. The one thing I don't like is the way he's played left here, left here, right here, right here, right back this week, center midfield. It's good that he's versatile. But I know he'll, and I know he will eventually plant his spot, probably on the right wing, because Pepe is nowhere to be found right now, and he's outperformed Willian, which Ladimus and Daniel know full well. I couldn't Ladimus flipping out, which Prime and Daniel know full well about um, Willian and his antics. So you know the guy is showing quality; he's playing very well. There's no reason why they shouldn't give him the accolades he deserves. Whether you think Green was better, whether you think Foden's better, that's another discussion for another day. Whether you think the ceiling's higher. Another discussion for another day. But the guy is clearly talented and he's doing his thing and he's playing week in, week out and he's dropping performances. So much so that when Arsenal were playing bad, he was playing good. And not that everyone was bad, so he looked good. He looked good because he was playing good. So it's nothing wrong with giving him the praise he deserves. He's a good young player and I hope that he continues to improve and become a, a top, top player and then eventually become the Arsenal selling club and selling to a better team. You're welcome. Yeah, just just that. Yeah, just that. <laughs> Waste, man. <laughs> Let's move on uh, to Sunday's matches. Newcastle one, Leicester City two. I have to admit, I, I like Andy Carroll scored. Wow. See, did I you did not see his body. No, I didn't watch the match. Was it good? It was all right. It was all right. Was yeah. 
So I, I just, yeah, I just didn't watch it. Um, it took less than 55 minutes to break down uh, Newcastle's defence. Um, Tillemans as well. And then Andy Carroll apparently scored a volley. I guess you guys, if you want to talk about this game, which I don't, because it, it looks boring <laughs> from the very start. It was horrible to watch. I was like, I, I'd turn it off, to be honest with you. That's why I didn't watch it. It was a horrible match. Um, all I'll say was, all I'll say is Newcastle and Steve Bruce will just never work. And that's as simple as it gets. He won't get them relegated. But the thing about Newcastle fans is, when we talk about them, people think that Newcastle is always about or uh, they want high expectations. Similar to what Daniel was talking about with United fans, like you guys know where you are and all that. But Newcastle is all about just, they see the potential in their team and they want a manager that can actually try and bring out the potential of some of their players. They know that a lot of their team's not good, but do the best with what you have. And sometimes his decision-making is scary as hell. Um, so they that's never going to work. As for Leicester, <sighs> this Premier League year, Leicester dropped form, but they're suddenly back, was it third place? Um, get, well, they, Liverpool are losing their game in hand, so suddenly there'll be four points behind Liverpool like, and United. It's, it, they're doing well. They're doing well. The only thing I hope for their hope for their sake is that I hope if they do get into a top four battle and they're comfortable, they have to try and avoid the drop-off from last year. They just try and keep, keep consistent and all that. But apart from that, it's good to see Madison getting back into form. He's doing his thing. And um, Vardy is still causing trouble as always. And Tillman scored a beauty of a strike as well. And he's improved leaps and bounds. That's what I've got to say about that. So let's start keep doing well. Newcastle, Steve Bruce. I want to say sack him, but it's not going to work long term ever. To be not going to happen at all. I'm going to have to watch that second half now. That you, you can't, you can't do excited, man. I want to see those goals now. It was a good second half. It was a good second yeah. half. I can't lie. Fair enough. Let's go to a game. It was also... A, so it's the big one now. Chelsea won, Manchester City three. Chelsea losing at home. Um, Thunder won, Foden, De Bruyne all got on the score sheet. Callum Hossadadoy in the 92nd minute. Um, obviously, you guys aren't happy with what's going on at Chelsea. Don't they look it? They look, they look, they look, they look, so, they look so happy. They look so happy. Uh, but, the thing is, I, I expect this anyway, so I'm not like, oh, they the other Chelsea fans that are snapping or whatever, well, I'm, I kind of expected this. So, but I mean, you say that, but I mean, I wasn't the biggest Frank Lampard fan to begin with, as in terms of becoming a manager at Chelsea. Um, then he gets what is it, two hundred odd million to spend? Probably, the, I think the most spent this this uh, transfer window. So, wouldn't you expect a certain level of of football, a certain level of quality? I've won. I've won. Uh, yes and no. What's the yes and no? Yeah, with the players that we sign, obviously they're of a quality. You know, Werner Havertz, two of the, some of two of the best young players in the world. Thiago Silva, past the experience centre back. Chilwell, uh, very solid left back potential. Maybe could be world class. Uh, but because we signed too many, Mendy as well, whatever he is, but we signed too many players last season. Yeah, I knew we were leaky, leaking goals and whatever, and we couldn't hold on to leads. But at least there was some sort of an identity and a pattern. 
and the squad was shelled and fighting. Now you bring in six new signings, so half, basically, or almost half, more than half of a new eleven. Uh, you, it's a new squad now, essentially. Everyone has to learn. Everyone has to adapt to each other, and that doesn't help. Now, if you have a young squad, to be honest, that's not really a problem. But you need some sort of an experienced manager as well. We don't have that. We have a very young manager. They're very young, talented, but an experienced squad. And that doesn't help. It also doesn't help that we don't have many leaders in the team. I disagree with that. I disagree with us not having leaders. I think, I, I, in my opinion, I think that's a, the, the leaders aspects of it comes in when you want to you wanna start winning. We're not at that stage yet. Let's let's be honest. One, one thing I said at the beginning of the season for all the rival fans that were saying, putting the expectations that we have to compete, we have to challenge. I said it doesn't work like that. It's not like we brought in six proven winners, title winners, littered with the only title winner of credibility that we brought in, in my opinion, was Thiago Silva. Only. I know Ziyech won the Adebese Ajax, but I, I don't really count that. And obviously he went on a nice semi-final run, but only proven guy that we brought in was Thiago Silva. So it's not when Mourinho brought in Diego Costa, Fabregas, Nemanja Matic to solidify his team to win the league. It wasn't that. We needed an overhaul. And this was expected. I said, you don't go from fourth to then <laughs> Liverpool Man City level. And for the people that are saying our rebuild is the same as Liverpool's with Klopp and Pep, it's not. I I'm tired of hearing that. It's not the same thing. It's just not. Like, if I break it down here, that Man City loss here, and I'm, I'm, this is not even me being angry. This is just me being a bit passionate about my team. But that Man City loss wasn't down to Lampard. That was an accumulation. That was coming. That smacking, that, that humbling was coming. 3-1 mm -hmm. flattered us. Let's be honest with ourselves. If you look at when we first started losing, Everton, we, we gave them a restart. We didn't show up in that game. Before, all right, cool. Maybe it was just like Everton had new fans because obviously they were one of the first clubs to get fans back into the stadium. So that it was a it kind of a bounce for them. They held on. We we're like, cool. Let's go into the next game. It was a quick game, so let's let's bounce back. Wolves. We 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 could have held on for a point. We actually go on to lose that game. Can't even point as to why we lost that game. But that's when we started asking questions about the style. Is their style of play? Then you got Arsenal. Go to Arsenal and like I don't even think we got pumped. I think we let Arsenal look good and let Arsenal play because I think if we showed at least sixty percent of ourselves in that game, we could have drawn that game. I even I've even I was even telling fans, obviously me being optimistic, but I even said if Jorginho scores that penalty, I think we get one more chance to try and draw that game. Yeah. I think that that's what would have happened. Yeah. Then then after the Arsenal game, we go to West Ham. That West Ham game flattered us to the extremes. We should have lost that game. I was tweeting during the game that West Ham are about to score, West Ham are about to score. Then we score like three goals in like 10 minutes and then we kill off the game. And then the Man City game, fifth game, where we lose, we get humbled. Humble pie, like not humble in terms of us thinking we're going to win the league, but humble in terms of us thinking we were even on the same level in the same stratosphere as these men. Like Man City showed up. Have, ha, can we honestly say that we have shown up? Like the fact that there's still a stat that we haven't beaten a top nine team in this league it's appalling. It's a joke. And me as a Chelsea fan, it's embarrassing. It's well, embarrassing. Daniel, that's why you... When I say leaders, I'm not talking about winning the league. You look at Manchester United. They have Bruno. They have uh, Cavani. Pogba's won trophies. De Gea is a leader. Whether or not you guys like Maguire, he is a bit of a leader. You've got leaders in your team. Rashford's a leader as well. But the reason... 
the the where where I would put the comparison in place though is Salah, Mane, Firmino, Wijnaldum, Van even Van Dijk. These men weren't winners. Allison. These men weren't winners when they came to the team. Do you get what I'm saying? I understand mm. trying to build a team of winners as a team together, but what or why I criticize Lampard is because there is clear deficiencies when it comes to his style as to what he is trying to implement with his team. Fair enough. I, I totally understand that gelling argument, but no one's trying to hear that. Roman Abramovich is not going to hear the argument of, I need one more season to implement my style. It's just not going to happen. I told you to start on another platform. I said, as nothing as it may be, you might need to start considering it. This is the first seat. Lampard's the first manager in the Roman Abramovich era that was given a full season or lasted the second season without winning a trophy in his first season. Do you get what I'm saying? Be as that what it may, we're in a different period. We aren't the same Chelsea. We're trying to change our DNA. Imagine a human body trying to change its like his total makeup. Do you get what I'm saying? Like we're trying to change it, become this attacking side. Look, someone asked me the question and said, "Why are we angry about Allegri? Maybe we need to go back to our roots of defensive football first, and 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 go from there. Maybe that's just who we are." And I said, "Look, I just don't know what it is, but if if I'm being honest, and I'm talking a lot because I'm a bit annoyed and pissed off, but." If I'm being honest, for me personally, Frank Lampard isn't the guy to win us the title. So personally, I don't think he should be there. I'm not part of the Lampard in or out agendas. I don't believe in that. I leave that to rival fans and whatever, whatnot, whoever wants him in, whoever wants him out. But as a manager, my question is, can you win us the league? Can you take us to where we've been for so long? And I don't think he is that guy, in my opinion, because I just haven't seen a clear system. I haven't seen a clear plan. I don't believe in what he's trying to implement either. And that's just where I stand. Whether he proves me wrong, I want him to. I'm a Chelsea fan. I want him to prove me wrong, but I just don't see it. And that's that's my piece on it. But Man City, Man City deserve credit because they showed up. People, I think, the criticism of Pep deserved because he's changed his team a lot, but... What he did in that game, he he packed the midfield. He basically said, "We're gonna outball you," and that's what they did. They they like they humble. Like it was it was a humble experience because that second half was very like. There's not been many games where it's been painful to watch. Like we we were running around chasing shadows. Like it was it was really bad. And there's so many things you can go into. Hudson Odoi, Tamori, management of the squad. Like so many things. But as for that game, in isolation, we got popped. But us getting popped wasn't because of Lampard. It was an accumulation. It literally was coming. We could, we can't say we didn't expect it. But if he drops points, if we drop points to Fulham, I'm going to be publicly Lampard out, as in public. Not having it. Uh, let's but, talk yeah. about City. Uh, we've, we've had you on Yannicka for a few uh, few episodes, and we've, we've all been here yeah. trying to question whether or not whether, uh, your I don't know loyalty to Pep. Um, <laughs> Obviously, it's a win, 29 points now. You've got two games in hand on Manchester City. If you win those games in hand, you go top of the league, I believe. Then again, Man United have a game in hand also. So I think you have a game. I think we go on 32 if we win our games in hand. No, if you win, because they're losing now, so you have two on them. And if you win both... Oh, she's at work. She's at work. Oh, yeah. So yeah, let's let's talk about City. So like, like I was saying, um, two games in hand. Were we quick to I don't know judge Pep or because there's a lot of obviously once again football Twitter. It's this it's the wild wild west. So what was this checkbook Pep, um, Fraudiola, all those all those names that were being thrown about. Were we too quick to to judge 
to throw judgment at Pep. That that's that's the way of the football Twitter, isn't it? Fraudiola, that's that's a mad thing for someone that's won Champions League and barely titles, you know. Someone that got 100 points and then 98 points. It's a bit of a mad thing. But you know what it is? The, I think the question now is for Pep is everyone's asking, can he rebuild? Can he build a team to can he rebuild a team to challenge again? And the fact is, like we just said just now, if Liverpool do drop points in this game or they, they lose, suddenly you go from Man City having two games in hand, and if they win them, you go from City apparently not being in the race to boom, top, or potentially top, depending on main United results as well. So you can't write City off. The thing is, this league, everyone knows it's so topsy turvy. We said we literally said it last week that Arsenal are what six points off top four. That's mm-hmm. stupid. That's stupid. They've lost eight out of what fourteen, but they, they are six points off top. So that's that's what football is. That's what the league is right now. So it'd be stupid to write off City and it'd be stupid to write off Pep. The guy's won titles everywhere he's been. He's won the majority of titles when he's been in those leagues. So you know the thing is, it's stupid. City are still quality. Foda's a good young, never been a good young talent. He's an excellent young talent coming through. They still got quite a young team. Ferran Torres, Sterling's got years. Bernardo Silva's got years. Foden's got years, Zinchenko's got years. Like Ederson with goalkeepers, they can play till God knows how long. Ruben Diaz and Laporte, they still got years. I mean, bruv, really and truly, they're not really that in that bad a spot. The only people I question are Fernandinho, not because of ability, but because he's getting older. And Rodri, because Rodri just doesn't look like he's completely settled in the league. And that's okay. But they got money to replace those options. So yesterday's game. The way they dealt with Chelsea was uh, <laughs> wow, wow. Um, it was like Chelsea were in control for about ten minutes, and then out of nowhere, two chances, and then out of nowhere, City just took control of the game. Bang, 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 three goals just like that. And I want Yannicka to go on and say her things for City because at some point I want to address this nonsensical Kante slander, and then um, you can uh, then you can do your thing. Okay. <laughs> Do you know what? I think, like, I've been saying all season and people, I think, thought I was a bit crazy at the beginning because I was like, you know, you can't rule City out. Um, City have been there, done that. A lot of our team have been there, done that. Pep's been there, done that. Um, I have said all season that our defence was terrible last season. Like, we weren't very good. Um, Pep's fixed that. He's changed our system slightly. Two strengthen our back four. Um, obviously Diaz has come in and hit the ground running he's 23 I can't fault him um, he's been brilliant I think we now look I, I feel like I'd be confident if we go 1-0 up to win the game which has never been the case as a City fan since maybe Mancini sort of days um, so I'm very happy with that I think going forward we've really struggled this season we haven't been clinical the past two three games we have but before that, we weren't clinical at all. We were missing chances. And I was saying, like, City are playing well. Because everyone was saying, what's happened to City? And I'm like, we're playing well, we're just not winning. And I feel like I've always said all season, when it clicks, we'll be in a title race, if not win the league. And it seems like it's clicked now. Um, the thing that I have said is defences win your titles, um, attacks win your games. I still believe in that. I'm not sure 100% whether we'll win it. Because it is one of them seasons where it's a little bit... You can lose to anyone in this league at the moment. So, I'm not going to say that we're going to win it. But I think we've got a good chance. 
especially with how good our defence has been and obviously the attacking players that we have. You know, we've still got Guerra to come back. He's not hardly played. So, um, even De Bruyne is not on form. Like, if he was on his usual form, he would have had a hat-trick against Chelsea. Like, he was missing chances that he wouldn't normally miss. So, I think when he's back at his best, Aguero's back. Obviously, Aguero does is injury-prone. But when he's back, obviously... I think we'll see a much better City going forward. And I think that's why you can't really rule us out. Also, I think when it comes down to the final push, I do think experienced managers do play a key part in getting the team over the line. And I feel like I'm not so sure about Klopp. I know he's been through it before in Germany, I think. But in the Premier League, like with Liverpool, um, sort of when he won it last year, there wasn't a lot of pressure on him. I think they won it very early and it was kind of like a free run for him. So I know the only other time he's been under a little bit of pressure, City did come out on top, so I'm not sure. I think he can win it. He's good enough to win it. Um, but I think if it comes down to like Ollie or Klopp, I feel like Klopp would come out on top. And I think if it came down to like Lampard or Pep, I feel like Pep would come out on top. So... We'll have to see, but I think that experience from managers will come into play a little bit later in the season, if it is close. Um, so we'll have to see. I'm not saying United can't win it, because it's one of them seasons, and they have the individual brilliance to win them games. And I feel like if it did come down to it between Klopp and Oli, I don't really think Oli would have much to say. I feel like the players would win them games for the team because of what it means to the club. Like, you know, people like Rashford, they're mm. not going to want Liverpool to win the league. So I feel like them sorts of players will turn up, you know, and win the title. Like company used to do for us, like win win Man United that title over Liverpool if it comes down to, like, the very last couple of games. So I don't feel like it matters as much for United because I just think Oli won't really have a say. I feel like the players kind of run that team because yeah. tactically oh, he doesn't that- really do much. <laughs> is um is um are the injuries finishing Aguero? Because I I I I, I, I want to say I love Aguero because I, I I used I used to. I oh used my to, god! I used to. Aguero used to be my guy. I let him come Madrid. I was screaming for this guy to join my club, and then he wore blue, and he then he decided to destroy my heart on one fateful night. Um, but obviously he's been having a lot of injuries in the last two years, three years. Um. Yeah. At City, but we all know a girl at top form, regardless, is is a gunslinger. He's slapping goals in near yeah. post, far post. He's slapping them in. But he is getting on. He's well, he's thirty one now, I think. Even so, you know, thirty one yeah. injuries okay. are yeah, injuries are popping up. So if he can't remain fit, Gabriel Jesus is always questioned, but I think he's still a decent striker. But overall, do you think it'll be time to now look into the market at some point and say, you know what? it's time to look past the girl and start to think about bringing someone in. Yeah, we definitely need to replace him. I think they wanted to replace him in the summer, but I think they left it too late. So mm. they kind of have said that they're going to go for someone in the summer. I'm hoping it's Alan. I don't know if it will be. Oh. Um, but I feel like he's the only person that could come in and I'd feel like... I wouldn't feel too sad with Aguero leaving. I think anyone else I'd be gutted because Aguero is Aguero, but... Yeah, I'd like to get him. I don't know if we will. I don't know if he's Pep's kind of player. Um, mm. But I'm hoping that we... He likes a robot. You got KDB. Huh? <laughs> I said he likes a robot. You got KDB. 
Mm. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk about the uh, the Kante situation. You said there's a bit of bit of I don't know. Right. Hysteria, right. but bruv, bruv, Basically, it's like this. There's been this conception, and people can tell me if I'm wrong. This is my opinion, isn't it? That Kante has always been a, a you know, people of the C, say CDM, central defensive midfielder. And in my head, I'm like, a man that is so good at chasing balls and winning balls will never be a CDM because CDMs, you want them to sit in their position, protect, and read the game. And that's not saying he can't read the game, but he reads the game well by chasing the ball and getting into challenges and winning the ball back. So I prefer to come a box to box. I know he's not great on the ball, but I prefer to call him that kind of I'll prefer to give him that role because I feel like he'll fulfill that better. Now, remember last year, last season, remember when we beat them 4-0? And I was like, I literally said, as soon as Kante came into the pitch, I knew we had that game won because Lampard put him in that position. And I knew we were asking for trouble. Right? He's not a central defense midfielder. He's someone that chases the ball. He's someone that's going to get into your face. He's someone that's going to leave Gatsby behind him. So if you put him in a position to protect the defense, he's not going to do the job. Now, you put him in against City in that same position. And I like Mason Mount. I like Kovacic. But it's, it's, it's got to a point where I, f- I feel like Lampard needs to make a decision on either dropping one of them or changing formation. Maybe put Mount into a number 10 and then maybe put someone more defensive like Jorginho next to Kante. Kante, for me, cannot be dropped. The Chelsea fans think about that. They can tell me what they think. It's, they know the club better than me. They, they see the team week in and week out in more detail than me. But the slander that he gets for me is insane. I understand the guy may be in a bit of a decline. I understand that he might be losing his legs here and there. But he's not being played right. And for me, that's because I can also see Mount started left wing for Chelsea at some point for a while. Havertz still doesn't even know where his position is. Werner's playing left winger when we all know he's a striker. And as Daniel said on another show, I forgot what show you said it on, when you um, when you played for Leipzig, you played in the two, and when they counter-attacked, you used to drift in from the left. So this is the idea that it was a left winger, but he's actually a striker. That was just him playing a counter-attacking position and scoring goals. So I look at Lampard more like that because I'm just like, I understand you can criticise Kante. Kante's not um, void of criticism, but are you really looking into what his position is? Are you looking into what his role is? Does he, does his place in the in the lineup actually makes sense. Kante is not a defensive midfielder. The position defensive and central midfielder are very, very close, but the roles are very, very different. And he's not someone that should play in that position, in my opinion. When you put a player like that into in that you put a player in that sort of situation and he struggles, the first person I'm always going to question is the manager because I'm like, are you giving him the tools to really do what he's what he can do best. And I don't think they give I don't think Lampard gives him that. And Sari, Sari said it. Sari said he hasn't got the sorry, along the along the lines of the ball ability. or the passing ability or the dribbling ability to play in that position, something like that. And I agreed because you, you, you can't put him there. He has to play he played next to Matic at Chelsea when they won. He played next to Drinkwater. Drinkwater was a lot more defensive. I just think that I think Lampard's using him terribly right now, to be honest. Well, I think he's using what I'll say is, yeah, it's just to try and address it in a nutshell, is that we talk about this all the time. Yeah, football is about roles, isn't it? Now mm. the, the 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 new age of football is all about systems. How a player fits in a certain system. There's no reason why Pogba, who 
over the course of his career at Man United hasn't fit into the systems of the multiple managers, wouldn't go to Man City or Chelsea and not fit their system. Like it, it could happen. It's just about the system and the situation that you find yourself in. Same mm. thing goes with Kante. When you look at Kante, when Kante goes to play for France under the Champs, he looks like a world beater. He's quality. Pogba, when he goes to play for France. And yeah, you could say, yeah, he's playing with other quality players, but at the same time, look, quality players still need a system. That Spain team doesn't be as successful as they are without a system which allows them to thrive. Do you get what I'm saying? As good as they are as, as a team, there are also other good teams about, but they just made them look less because they had the best system. Do you know what I'm saying? Cool. So with Kante, when it comes down to system, look, Kante, the Kante slander is, is crazy. Kante was getting slander at the beginning of the season when he started slow. I said, let him come good. When we went on our run, 17 games unbeaten, going in from last season, I believe it was, Kante was the fulcrum of that system, playing the CDM position. Number one in interceptions, number one in, in um, tackles. Right now, he's number two in interceptions and number two in tackles. So he's still up there in terms of what he's doing on the pitch. The only reason why it's not now being highlighted as much is because we're not winning. We're no longer winning games. Mm. And it's just funny to me how when you start losing games, yeah, that's when... Kante is not in his right position. Sari video comes back on Twitter. Look, what Sari said was like everything he said was right, but that was because of his system. He wanted a system where his DM sweeps the ball quickly, moves it quickly, and Kante didn't suit that. But for for what Lampard is doing, I think Kante is fine where he's playing. Like like I don't see Lampard starting attacks from the DM position. I don't think that's. I think the attacks start from our two centre midfielders, our two eights. That's where the attack. Oh, from our fullbacks actually. That's where attacks start from. So where Kante is playing is fine for me. What I have a problem is when the system actually makes Kante look worse. Look, Kante needs, as much as Kante is playing as the lone DM, he still needs his sentiments to defend with him. If we look at that game, case in, case in point, the Man City game, where were Kovacic and Mount defensively? I mean, Kante was getting all the blame, but if, if Mount drops literally two, not even two yards, two steps, he tackles Gundogan, he gets that ball. If, if the space between Thiago Silva and Zuma wasn't like 20 centimetres long, Foden doesn't score that goal. If Kovacic is is, mark, is 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 tracking back on his winger or the wingers are tracking back or whoever's supposed to track back to help the fullback with wingers, if they track back, Kante is protected. The third goal, I mean, people say Kante was at fault for playing a crossroad pass as the last man, but at the end of the day, the ball was in the air and he had a decision to make. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think you have to look at the tactics that Kante is consistently the only man back. Why is Aspilicueta in the box for a corner? I don't, if Chilwell's not taking the corner for me as well, I don't think he needs to be in the box too. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's other questions before we get to Kante. Kante is not the reason why we are losing. If anyone thinks that, then you're silly. Like, silly and just really don't understand how we play. And I said it, I even said it because I made a video on my page, on my YouTube page, and I said, Kante will get this, like, Kante went through the run of form and he was quality, did all the stats, had all the numbers, and now I said, just wait for us to start losing games and Kante will receive the slander again and people were like, oh, I told you so. That's not football, man. That's not punditry and that's not analysing the game. Saying someone is playing bad and then they have a good run of form, I then say, give him the credit he deserves and you're like, nah, 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 um, he's going to still come bad and then he has a bad run of form because the team as a whole is playing bad. Tell me when the last time Kante was playing bad and Chelsea were playing well. Tell me when that's ever happened. It's not, like, it's not true. It hasn't happened. It's never, ever happened. So don't tell me that Kante is the problem. The problem with Chelsea Football Club right now, in my opinion, is that Lampard has created a system 
where the focal point of that system isn't the best player on the team or even anywhere near remotely the best player on the team. I think Mason Mount is an incredibly gifted player, a useful player to the team, but he should not be the focus of our team. The fact that he plays 90 minutes of every single game is beyond me. He's not, as in he's good, but he's not that good. I'm sorry. There's other players in that team that deserve the focus and the attention that Lampard gives to Mason Mount, or at least the impression that he gives off to us. If you build your team around Kante, don't you get a successful team? If you build your team around Ziyech, you can get a successful... If you build your team around Pulisic, you can get a successful team. I'd even argue if you build your team around Werner, you might be getting the best out of him. You just don't know. But my thing is, when you choose Mason Mount as the best player on your team or as a, as a favourite, it becomes a problem because Mason Mount won, if he's not taking corners, then we're not creating. Do you know what I'm saying? But again, with the Kante situation, it's just it's just sad, man, that people want... Like, you know, I don't know if you know Fox, but on Twitter, like, everyone is so obsessed with being right. Like, you know me, yeah, I couldn't care less about being right. Like, if I'm wrong about something, I'm happy. I'll hold my hands up. Like, if it's clear as day, like, I I, I, I criticise... Ask Kojo, I criticise on Osman's channel, I criticise De Bruyne for dropping the standards when the big games have arised this season. And that little space that he has left, or that little drop in standard, has allowed Bruno Fernandes to kind of take control in terms of being the most informed, best player in the league, whatever you want to call it. However, you think I'm going to sit here and say, oh, De Bruyne only played well because Chelsea played bad? Nah, De Bruyne bossed us. He, 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 te- he tore us up. Do you get what I'm saying? So mm. obsessed with being right. Why do people want to be right about Kante or predict Kante's decline? Why can't mm. we just appreciate how good he is and how good he has been? Do you know what I'm saying? And that's still carried on this season. But it's each to their own, man. Different people, different things. That's how some people get their clicks, their views. So, I mean, who am I, man? I'm just a man. Just a man. (laughs) (laughs) I think on uh, that point, we should wrap up. Uh, Danny, where can we find you? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Can we just just speak on the fact that Southampton are giving Liverpool hell right now? So, it's still one of Danny Ings with his, um, as I tweeted, lovely, 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 wonderful finish. Um, Dinkers slash Lob, we love them over here in uh, Freeman Field. So, yeah, they're doing well, man. They're doing well. Liverpool are giving them havoc, but Southampton are still in this game as well. So it's good to watch. It's good to watch. You just wanted to get in there, just just a jab at Liverpool, right? Listen, you know, if this podcast comes out and Liverpool somehow win this game, yeah, it comes from me, in it. By the end of the day, <laughs> right now, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All right, there. Can we wrap it up now, coach? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. All right, cool. Daniel, where can they find you? Um, obviously, my personal I've seen on screen, um, but you can also find me for all my content and whatnot at Eyes on the Ball TV. So, yeah, man, that's where you find me. Come on. Elite channel. Right. Now. <laughs> um, my Twitter's right there. I just keep... I'm basically everywhere, so just keep updated on whatever it is I'm doing via Twitter. Yannicka, uh, where can... Uh, Coach, where can... Yannick, has she got Twitter? Yep, she's got Twitter and she's part of the Sarcasm City TV channel as well. So she's with, um, Dynamis has been there. Um, she's with um, Flawless. Uh, so shout out Flawless as well. Her Twitter is at Yannicka, that's two N's and three A's, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in the bio. Yep. And um, follow Sarcasm City TV on um, Sarcasm City podcast on YouTube. Great channel. You'll find her there. Galdam City podcast, her and. Um, Rose, two city fans talking about their club each week is very good to watch, and I'm sure they'll do a gem this midweek because it's the Manchester Derby 
in the Carabao Cup. So it should be another good one. So shout out Yannicka and shout out the team from Sarcasm City. Coach, where can they find us? Uh, you can find us obviously here at YouTube at Freemanfield Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Freemanfield and of course SoundCloud, Apple Podcast and Spotify Freemanfield Podcast. This has been another episode of the Freemanfield Podcast. Good night. Uh, hopefully my internet don't shake me when I end. <laughs>